Hey, what's up guys? It's Jordan Anderson, and on this episode, we're going to go over a project spotlight that I worked on. It's called uh, Louisiana Travel Recipes. So if you're on this, uh, if you want to go to the website, let me get you, uh, let me get you there. So listening to this podcast, uh, you'll be able to, I'll, I'll, I'll be pretty descriptive with what I'm saying, um, but if you want to, maybe you're on your computer as well, you can go to jordanpanderson.com slash blog slash Louisiana hyphen recipes. That's recipes with an S at the end. Um, and uh, just, yeah, I just want to go through this this project. Um, this has been like one of the highlights uh, on my reel and... Uh, Get the microphone adjusted here. Um, this was a great project. This was actually a multi-day project. This was actually um, two projects in one, so to speak. Uh, we did a first round of these episodes, and it was such a hit that the client wanted to do another round the next year. Um, so this this actually took place over two years. Uh, let me give you kind of some like background to this. So I was working for Tommy's TV at the time down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, and we were approached by the client Louisiana Travel uh, com, I think. So Louisiana Travel, they are a tour- Louisiana tourism website. Everything from recipes to when it's the Mardi Gras float coming down my street, uh, history of New Orleans, history of Baton Rouge, history of Louisiana, uh, where to go find you know an alligator farm, all this stuff. So it's great stuff, and they have this. Uh, they have these. This one side of their website called Culinary Trails, Culinary Trails, um, and what that does is it's just like a kind of a, a nice corner of their website where they have recipes, um, and their idea was to do sort of a tasty style version of Cajun and Creole recipes. So you know we all know the tasty videos, the top down vertical, um, the top down recipes where you just see hands and you see like the bowl and mixing and cooking. Uh, they wanted to do a sort of Louisiana version of that. So we said, great, let's do it. Uh, the first, so they're, you know, they so Cajun Creole recipes such as like gumbo, jambalaya, crawfish etouffee, uh, pecan pralines. Um, and our job as a production company was to one, film it, uh, make the food look great, edit it into a, a way that was like social media friendly and fun to watch and something that was repeatable to watch, even if you wanted to watch it. Cause there's like with these recipe videos, there's two angles to it. One is just entertainment because it's just fun to watch. Oh, I've always wanted to know how they make gumbo. And then two, you can actually watch it as a reference. So there's a little bit of repeat viewing when you like want to go back to the video and watch how did they make that gumbo okay they did this this and this okay so there's like there's a lot of good things going for this project before it even gets off the ground um and also and like also another kind of setup with this was that you're going to put this on the internet and it's for cajuns and and louisianans and nothing gets cajuns more fired up than posting a a definitive recipe on gumbo or jambalaya or crawfish etouffee and <laughs> and saying like this is how you make it because you just know the comments are going to be littered with like that's not how my grandma made it that's not how my mama made it and it's like it's uh most of the comments once the the videos were posted were really positive because it was like it was a way to like open the dialogue about like well I don't make it with tomatoes or I use tomatoes or like I don't use this I don't, you know it's like all these like you see all the the community come together and uh, talk a little bit about uh, how the recipe should actually be or maybe it should be changed but 
um, this was a great project. Uh, yeah, uh, let's get into like the production side of things. So the first round, we did this at uh, Fred Mintz's house. Now, Fred was a cinematographer at Tommy's TV at the time, and... Uh, he had he had like a great kitchen. It was like a lot of windows, a lot of open daylight. Uh, and what we basically did was rigged up. Uh, we took his like white marble island, and we had um, I think I I'm, I think we during production or like the days leading up to production, you know, we brought in all the gear to his house. We brought in the lights. We had like a Joker. I think it was, it was a to remember the list. It was a a Joker 800 watt light which is a great like daylight source uh we had that in a shamira softbox we had the black magic cinema camera the 4k on uh a dana dolly and then we also rigged up above was the uh sony fs 700 uh and then we just kind of rigged that up to the ceiling i think we used we used i think just some clamps and you know just just grip work just it was like it was it was a good time rigging up rigging that camera up. Um, but we rigged the camera up, ran SDI cable down uh, to an Odyssey recorder, and that way we were able to record the video in RAW in 4K and just get like the most color out of it. Um, but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, once we had all the gear in there, we also went did a little pre-production uh, styling because we bought. Uh, we went to like a craft store. We went to some kitchen stores just to find the right types of wood blocks and just the, to, to get the right amount of texture uh, because, you know, the video, yes, it's about the food, but the background kind of like tells the story of like the setting you're in. So, you know, with some of these tasty videos, they'll have like clean white marble uh tabletops or a black slate and it kind of it that kind of gives the vibe of the video the entire time so with cajun creole with we wanted to kind of give a like down home uh homey feel that feels like not like you're on the bayou but just like it, it feels a little less polished it feels more home home cooking uh so we found you know we went with like wood wooden cutting boards and uh i think we actually took the office we had at at the Tommy Stevie office, we had a coffee table uh, that was on like big iron wheel casters, and it was like this. It, it just I don't know. It just looked like a like a, tr a train car basically. And we took the casters off, and this thing was probably I don't know four feet by two feet by you know six inches thick tabletop. We took the casters off, and we just put that on the uh, the kitchen counter. And that gave us sort of like a real woody, thick, like like almost like you're on a dock background. Just like a, just some, it had it had a lot of, a lot of really good wood texture in there that I don't think you could have created. Or like had we bought something at the store or at Home Depot, it just wouldn't have had, had the same amount of character. So those kind of details matter, especially in food shoots. Um, with framing the video, uh, since the camera is directly above you. Um, you, you know, you're kind of limited by your lens choices. You have to get, we had prime lenses on there, so you have to get the right lens on there. And I think we also, I think we, at the, on the first round of videos, we rigged up a wireless follow focus, uh, with the prime lens. So I think we were on a 35 millimeter lens, uh, about, I want to say four and a half to five feet above, uh, the table and you kind of figure out the frame. I mean, you're the the beauty of having 4K is you're able to kind of punch in and stay. Um, you can kind of see your boundaries with it. Um, 
because when you're shooting these food food shoots as well, there's a little bit of continuity. So you want to keep uh, the food in the right place, the knife in the right place, the cutting board in the right place. So we had markers on the on the countertop, um, and then make sure the camera doesn't move, obviously. And yeah, so you want to choose your framing pretty carefully. And once you get that framing kind of set, you then don't really want to move any other parts of the production set because you know you just want to be you know, have as much continuity as possible. You don't want, you know, if you're doing a top-down video, you don't want, it's it, it's a huge, you know, you're, you, it's a huge mistake if you see, like, the cutting board shift or the knife go from, like, right side of the frame to the left side of the frame, just, like, does a jump cut. Like, you want to make sure nothing moves, like, it's an active set. Like, be very careful with the details that you're moving and don't just, like, grab the bell pepper out of the frame and put it back in because now we have a jump cut that we have to fix. Um... The Blackmagic 4K cinema camera, which is, you know, that boxy camera, uh, we had that on a Dana Dolly, and what that was going to be was our B-cam cutaway. So, you know, 90% of the video shoot was going to be top-down vertical, uh, and then we would have those kind of close-up cutaways. So if she's cutting the bell peppers and cutting the onions, or, you know, she's stirring up the 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 roux, you can, like, it will get a close-up of, of those details just from an alternate angle. Um, the camera above us, actually, we were shooting it, the, the video upside down, which you may have to factor in. You know, we just could not, just how, how Fred's house was kind of built in the, uh, the ceiling structure. We had to clamp it to a certain point of the ceiling and we couldn't like flip the camera correctly. So on the Odyssey, the video was actually upside down. So just make sure, you know, if you need to flip the image, flip the image and it's not, that's, that was actually a pretty small thing to overcome. Um, on so on these shoots uh it was our production team there's not really much sound uh so there's camera crew uh producer director uh we had the client there as well from louisiana travel and we also and this is probably the most important aspect of this kind of shoot is we had a food stylist there we had a food stylist uh prepping every single stage of the dessert or of the meal or you know say if it was like crawfish etouffee or no let's go with uh let's go let me see let's find a recipe that we got um so okay so with the food so with having a food stylist you're able to have someone there to print the ingredients at every stage and you also they're choosing the utensils they're choosing the cutlery they're choosing the plates and bowls and the colors and making sure everything is complimentary and really pops on the screen and and they're also able to make because food styling and cooking shows they actually take a long time to make the food like it, it takes it actually takes like uh you know we're shooting the, we're shooting one recipe over the course of an hour or two and you know the food doesn't stay as hot all the time so like the food you see on the food you see on on these video shoots or on any food shoot uh is actually not that appetizing you know that's actually cold and steam effect is added or things have been sitting out for six hours and then now you're cooking it um so food styling is very it's actually a very visual thing it's not so much a taste thing um but with the food stylist, she's able to, you know, she's able to brown the chicken in just the right way so that the color is perfect, even though it's probably raw chicken on the inside. But it's, but it, you know, on on camera it looks great, it looks super appetizing. The grill marks are there. Uh, there's just so much like detail that goes into everything, um, and even, and also with the, 
you'll notice in some of the videos the the details around the frame. So the placement or the you know mise en sens, mise en place, uh, like the placement of ingredients around the frame that kind of give a nice framing to uh, the video. If you want to watch the like crawfish etouffee video, uh, there is you know uh, at the the final shot is a perfectly you know circular bowl of rice, white rice, and, you know, surrounded by this kind of flow of crawfish etouffee, and there's an actual cooked crawfish on there, and it's like, you know, an actual crawfish is not served with crawfish etouffee, but just adding that pop of red, that little tiny crawfish, that red right there just really makes the dish pop out, and then on the corners of the frame, you have the celery and the bell pepper and the garlic that just make it all, you know, just feel very uh, nicely framed. So that was the first round of videos. So we, we did the first round of videos, and it was about f five to six of those recipes. Um, and once we had those done, it was just like, it was, it was a success. The, the editing process went great. Um, there were a couple of rounds that we had to go through. or You know, with editing to Yelta, also have to make sure that you get the recipe right, get all the accurate information with the recipe. And, uh, and thankfully, during the shooting process, production process, we were able to think about transitions. How do we go from this scene to one scene? You know, how do we go from cook the raw chicken in the skillet and then take this and then go to boil the water in a pot? So, like, you know, with the frame being right there, so we would do these little tricks. We would, like, swipe our hands over or our hand would go from left side of frame and exit right side of frame and then never come back again and then they and then another thing comes in from the left side of frame again that way there's no like hand crossover or we would do tricks like we would lift the pot up to the camera and that would be sort of our wipe that we could then cut to the next scene um so thankfully that helped out the editing process uh i can't tell i can't tell you how many times i've listened to these freaking uh Zydeco, you know, Louisiana songs with, it, like, all, it's like these jazz songs. It's, I've, I've heard these things so many times that I have, that I have a little bit of a, not PTSD, but, uh, you know, you've, I've, you've heard it so many times. You're like, oh God, no, I don't want to hear that song again. No, no, no. Like, turn it off and like, mute it, mute it. Um, but it was, it's fun. It's fun music. It's like, it's totally local to Louisiana. Of course, Zydeco music, uh, and it's just like, well, yeah, when you, yeah, the editors out there will understand this pain of you hear one song for one video and you just can never hear that song again. And, or, or even it's, it's funny, you'll like recognize that kind of stock music in other videos and you just, you, those same emotions come back where you're reliving that edit over and over again. Okay. So if you go to, if you're on YouTube and go to, now I might put this in the blog post actually, go to TTV. So if you go to Tommy's TV's YouTube channel and look up episode 18, and it's called An Epic Food Shoot, uh, I actually kind of vlogged the whole process from the uh, my little rookie cam. It's back when like vlogging was really big. Uh, so this was back from 2016. So we're building the camera, we're breaking the camera. You kind of this is like a great behind the scenes uh, look at the much larger version of the first round of food shoots. So the first round of food shoots was in, it was just in someone's kitchen. It was in Fred's kitchen at his house. On the second round, we actually went to a full-size uh, movie studio. Like we, we had, uh, and we also brought in a gaffer. We had a green screen, so we had a VFX supervisor there. And there was just a ton, 
a, a ton more work, a lot more quality, a lot more levels of pr production value that went into this process. Um, and what we were able to do inside this studio, we were able to, the goal was to kind of recreate the sun and makes this feel like this was an outdoor shoot. So we needed a ton of light. And since we were in a movie studio, we had access to like a ton of power as well. So for um, for the lighting setup on round two, okay, so in the blog post in the behind the scenes, there's like, there's you can see the camera rigged up on that speed rail. Uh, again, we did the same video setup to kind of keep consistency. We had the FS700 uh, shooting raw uh, as our main camera, ver you know the top-down camera. We had our Blackmagic 4K cinema camera shooting the B camera as well, just to, again to maintain that consistency. Um, you can see in some of the behind-the-scenes sh shots that this is a much bigger, a much bigger shoot. Uh, so we had a, actually a lot of power. We had so we had the 4K par light, so Cine par light, which is. Uh, daylight balance. We used a tungsten 2K is a Mole Richardson 2K, and I think we had that uh, gelled a little bit. We also had uh, a Joker 800 watt light, uh, also kind of blasting up into this. Uh, basically, it was like a just a a butterfly frame. Uh, so, and now you know what what we're basically doing. We're just pumping a ton of light into this white silk, and it's just kind of bouncing off and giving us sort of like a just nice, soft, even spread. Um, and then we also have a I think it was a good I think it was two sixteen uh, diffusion. Kind of also we almost we kind of did sort of a book light in some situations. Uh, maybe a book light on the food itself. Uh, but we also just are surrounding the product and the kind of the atmosphere of the shoot. We did, um, we just kind of did that like bounce, bounce light, reflected light. Uh, also right above the camera, we have, I think it was like a 1K light, uh, shooting through an, again, another white diffusion frame. Uh, and that was just kind of giving us a, just a little bit more levels kind of right on top of the light. Um, cause we just wanted to, you know, the sun, if, if you're trying to recreate an outdoor scene, the sun is just a huge source. So to have it just come from one direction, uh, might feel two directional, might feel like too shadowy. What we wanted to do was kind of make it just feel like the light was coming from everywhere or like, you know, 180 degrees of one side of the frame where it just felt like it kind of wrapped around all the food nicely. The shadows on, if you, if you watch some of these videos, the, uh, the seafood boil one, click on that video, the Louisiana seafood boil. And that video, what it basically has is just like really, really, really soft shadows on, you know, your hand and the, the dishes and like the trays and uh, everything. It's like, it just feels super soft, feels like a nice, uh, bright day, bright cloudy day, uh, but it still has that kind of daylight feel. Um, with the shoot as well, like if you, especially if you watch like the seafood boil one, uh, we still have that wood texture that kind of makes it still feel kind of down home Louisiana feel. Uh, we brought in a couple bags of sand to kind of recreate the beach. Uh, so that's how that's done. Um, everything else, let's see. We had the, the big crawfish pot. We added all this stuff. And then like even... Uh, and it's kind of funny, the details of, like, the newspaper at the end of the seafood boil are all from, like, Louisiana newspapers, so there's still, like, I think if you watch, look at one, there's, like, an LSU photo, and, like, there's some, yep, yeah, one is, like, an LSU sports edition, and it's, like, you know, why not, just, like, those kind of little details matter, um, 
And what was so different about, or not so different, but was a different aspect to this video shoot instead of the first round that was inside uh, Fred's house was that we added a green screen element. So uh, weeks leading up to this project, we sh went out and shot uh, around Louisiana. We went out and shot a couple plates, which are just, you know, the basically the, the video that you put into a background for a green screen. And we just shot plates that were kind of all factored around the dishes. So for the seafood boil, we actually went down to like Pontchartrain and we you know, we filmed the beach. We filmed just the ocean or not the ocean. We filmed the lake uh, just as a background shot. And we went to like the swamp and we went to uh, just a regular kind of evergreen forest. And we filmed all these backgrounds so that based on the dish, whether if it was like the seafood boils, so obviously put Lake Pontchartrain there uh, for the jambalaya. We put like a forest scene and just to make it feel like that we shot these outdoors even though we shot them in a studio. Yeah, so having the green screen there uh, was just another added element that I think uh, just added a ton of stuff. And we had uh, Colby Kimber there. He's a VFX supervisor. Awesome. He does an awesome job at making sure that the uh, the green screen was perfectly lit. We, I'm trying to think of the size of the green screen. The green screen was a basically like a 12 by 8 size cloth green screen, uh, something you can just get on eBay, and we just stretched it out over some speed rail, added some stands, added some clamps, and just make sure that the green screen was perfectly, um, you know, perfectly without wrinkle-free, basically. And, you know, we even had like a steamer in there just to get all the little tiny wrinkles out because the cleaner and the smoother that your green screen is, the better the key is going to be. Um, and we also backed it away, actually... We probably had it about 15, 16 feet away from our video set just so that there was no green spill. Uh, but if you were, you know, but it, that's why we also had to make sure that the green screen was large enough to kind of cover the area so that when we shot it with our B camera, the final shot, that we were able to see the entire thing keyed out, covered in green screen, but also, you know, again, it's further, it's far enough away so that you're not getting that green spill on any of the food and set and because that that has just been like such a pain in the ass to try to get out or color correct for um or just be really unmotivated like you're watching this beachy seafood boil video and you're and now your brain's like wait where is this green this fluorescent neon green coming from um that i just wanted to throw you out uh, Theo, our gaffer on set, and we also and we brought back the same food stylist from the previous shoot, and she did a great job again. We had a client there. We were running Video Village. Like this, this round two video was just a much bigger, better version uh, than the first version. But what the whole goal in mind was just to kind of make a the same vibe, the same feel, the same execution uh, of the video of the first round of videos, but just make it feel like the upgraded, improved version so that once, you know, because these, because both these rounds of videos are going to go into basically the same bin, the same playlist on Facebook, on in the same place, basically on their website. So there was a little bit of like, you can't make it like look super perfect or you can't make it look like this was shot in Hollywood and this was shot in someone's backyard. Um, but I think together they actually have a pretty nice continuous look. Um, they don't really stand out too far from each other. Um, just one has a little, just a little bit more production value. What else? What else about this video? Uh, it was a ton of fun. We did this over, I think uh, we did, it took us a day to set up the round two and it took us a day to shoot it. Yeah, we broke it down and it was like, it was good to go. It was a uh, it was great time, great time shooting it. We had a ton of gear, a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of production value went into this. Yeah, this this project was awesome. Uh, I think 
Last time I checked, it has over 4.5 million views on Facebook alone. Uh, probably the, the number might be closer to 5 million at this point. Uh, it was a super viral hit uh, for them, and like that's just that's everything you want with a client. Just like really engaging videos that get millions of views and thousands of comments and are shared across all platforms. Uh, it was a great, great project. Thanks for listening, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. I might, uh, I might go back and do a couple more project spotlights just to give you some background context to uh, some of these uh, projects that I'm kind of putting up on the mantle. Yeah, if you have any questions about this production, uh, how we did this shoot, uh, something I wasn't exactly clear on, uh, you can leave a comment on the blog post itself. You can DM me at in, uh, you can DM me on Instagram at Jordan P Anderson. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you soon.